0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. dot And Yaakov left Besheva and he went to Va And he came to this place, What happened? It was Haromaria. It was Haromaria. How do we know that Makom is Haromaria? Anyone here know? it doesn't say where it is it just says how do we know it's HaMaria because when Abram brought Yitzchak to the Akedah it says there it says Makom, here it says Makom, okay. now you say doesn't mean he bumped into this place but it means that Russian Tfila, that he died in, he was mistaking but you know, you should know something very interesting. There's a whole medrash, and a lot of dish on this. And he was way out of Israel. He was in Syria somewhere. He was way past, um, this place. He actually, a malach was, took him. And, um, he was way past this place. And the malach missed this place. And he passed it. So they went, and they had to turn around. He flew him back. And some say that he brought the HaMariah to him. Whatever. It's, a, it's against some But anyway, by so, so, he laid down, and he, he slept, and there was a ladder standing on the ground, and its head was in the, in the heavens, and the malachim of Hashem were going up and down, it really should have been going down and up, right, because they have to come down to the world, and then they go up to the world. Right? So and they're going up first, and then coming down, so normally you're right, first you got to come down to go up, the Christians live in heaven, and they come down, they go up, but that's not what happened here, he was leaving Eretz Yisrael, and the Malachim were going with him, and when they got to, they were going to go to Chutz they couldn't go, so they had to go up, and the Chutz Malachim, so imagine when you leave Eretz Yisrael, you go on Elal, you can't see it, Right? But your Israeli malachim leave and your chutzlarat malachim come down. You can talk to Shiloh when you get off the plane on the Bell Parkway. They're definitely different malachim than the ones that are standing by the cursor with you. That's for sure. Okay, so that's why it's the opposite way that it should be. Okay, so you had a dream, right? Hashem, of on top of this ladder. Hashem, Elokei Avram, Elokei Hashem, We're going to talk about the Chidaah why it says in this passage, I am Asher, the God of Avram your father, and the God of Yitzchak, when Avram was not his father, Avram was his grandfather, and Yitzchak was his father, so if you want to say, grandfather's like a father, that's fine, so we can call a Avicha, but why doesn't it say, okay, Yitzchak Avicha? Why doesn't it say, by Yitzchak also Avicha? We will shock you tonight, those who are listening, with an eye-opening, unbelievable chidah, on this question okay they're going to be like the ducks and what happens he wakes up God is even in this place and I did not know why didn't, why didn't you know first of all if you know and you came to Maria and you know how precious this place is so of course you know Hashem is in this place so what do you mean you didn't know what are you scared of said, what a holy place this is this is the house of God and the gate to Shemayim and he wakes up and he takes the stone that was under his head but he also makes it, and he makes it into a monument ok, so all this stuff you know now let us take it a part so first of all uh, before we go into the forum so something that I speak about every year and I had a long talk with my girls in seminary um, so he, he he had a dream that the angels were going up and down a ladder. So the famous question is, why a ladder? Because the angels have wings, right? Yecheskel in his Neviah said they have six wings, two and two, and two cover their legs, right? So why aren't they flying to Shemayim? And if they're not flying to Shemayim, and they're walking, why aren't they going up and down the stairway to heaven? Why aren't they up, going up and down the stairs? I'm sure that angels don't go up and down a ladder, they're not firemen. So why in his dream, which is a, a dream, is not just what you see, it, it, each thing has meaning, why is it a ladder? Why would I, why was he thinking about a ladder? Why would angels be going up and down a ladder? So the, the one answer is, of course, that a ladder um, has to lean. And now that he was going out of Eric Yisrael, he just finished learning for 14 years, and so he's going into dollars, he needs to know that the ladder is always leaning. Where does the ladder lean? It leans on the top point. If you have a ladder, right, if my phone was a ladder, and it's leaning on a wall, it's the top of the phone, right, It's leaning on the wall. What does it say saying, the prospect is that God is on top. So that means that whether you're, whether you're, going up, or whether you're going down, no matter which way you're going, right? no matter what's, what life is giving you, you're always leaning on Hashem. And therefore, he was being shown, now you're going, you're going to be loved on, and Rachel's going to die, and Dina's going to get raped, and Joseph's going to get kidnapped, and life's not going to be so good like it was before you kids learning in Yeshiva, right? You need to know that your ladder of life is always leaning on Hashem. Hashem is always, always on top of the ladder also a ladder is the only thing that whether you go up or down you always look up steps, when you go down steps you look down when you go down the road you look down when you go down a ramp you look down But a ladder, when you're climbing up you look up and when you're climbing down you look down it's, like Kishrach, it's was giving him a symbolism that whether you're going up or down in life no matter what you always need to look up on Hashem also Interesting. A girl made a fantastic point in my seminary. She said that the angels were going up and down the ladder, but nobody nobody was off the ladder. It doesn't say anybody got off the ladder. Right? Up and down the ladder. She said that as long as you're on the ladder, whether you're going up or whether you're going down, it, it, it'll work out. But if you get off the ladder, that's when you're in trouble. I'm like, that's great. That's why I like it. That's very, very nice. It's true, and this ladder they were going up and down but they weren't getting off the ladder. So a ladder is is a, is a, a very important thing. We had a little discussion which I, w- which I think is a very important point. So, um, it says that Sadiq can fall, everybody falls, and, and, and the good thing about a ladder is that you, you don't, unless you don't fall off the ladder, but if you're on the ladder, so you fall two rungs, three rungs, five rungs, whatever it is, you don't fall like, rolling down the steps. And. Um, so we, we, were, we were talking about, like, so, so, if you're climbing up, if you see a ladder in your dream, and you're on the bottom of the ladder, so you have a long way to go, right? If you're on top of the ladder, you have nowhere to go. So what, what exactly, she asked me, like, what exactly is the symbolism? And I explained her something that happened to me on the other mountains. And I think that, um, I think this is very, very important. If you, when a person when a person's growing, right, when a person's growing, so, you get to, you get to certain levels, and when you, when you get to that level, even if you slip down, I'll explain to you what, you, what I mean. Why a wide ladder is a great example. So, so when you get to this point, but, and then even if you slip down, since you've been at that point, it's easier to get to that point the second time than it was the first time. Everybody agree? Again. When you get to a certain point. In other, in other words, let's say you went on a diet, you lost 30 pounds. You broke the diet, you gained the weight again. But being that you know you made it, so the first time everyone told you you could lose thirty pounds, like I told you that, you're like, ah, no way, not me. You already lost the thirty pounds, so you know that you can do it. So you messed up, you gained it back again. So, you, but, but you, since you know that you can do it, it gives you the energy to do it again. So really, once you lose that thirty, the new climb is to get from thirty to forty. So, when I was climbing Bear mountains two weeks ago with my high school. So, I was, being that I'm not in such good shape today, I um, decided I used to lead. This time I was like, "I'll go in the back with the slow girls," you know, the girls that are not in a rush to go up. So, we're, this is a pretty big mountain, and um, it's extremely steep. I don't go on the path; I go totally off the path. So um, that's the one place you can go off the dirt. Haha, uh-huh. <laughs> bad joke. Anyway, so so it's so it's, a, it's the incline is like really like this. It's like really hard and. You have to be breathing hard, your heart's banging away, and you're getting nauseous and dizzy, and it's hard. It's very hard. Even for the young kids, it's very hard. So we get to the middle of the mountain, and these three girls that are in the back with me, they're not in very good shape. They're going to be angry that I sit on tape, but no one knows who the three girls are. Um, And they're like, they sit down on the phone, and they're like, Rabbi, that's it. We're not going another step. So if it's one girl, you could talk into it, but three of them. We're not going another step. I'm like, no, you don't understand. We're in the middle of the mountain. I'm getting my second wind now. So I'm like, we're in the middle of the mountain. I'm not going back down the mountain and then climbing back up the mountain to get it. So I'm not going down the mountain. I'm not in short to send you down the mountain without a path, right? Without you knowing where you're going. So there's only one way that we're going on this mountain right now, and that's up. And they're like, unless you carry us and you can't, <laughs> we're not going up. So I sat down. I'm like, how am I going to get these three kids up there? I can't sit in the woods for hours now with them. So I said to them, I said, okay, we have to turn your, we have to turn your psychology around. Because they kept telling us, telling me, listen, I'm not going to feel, I kept saying, you know, you're going to feel bad. All the girls made it. They're going to make it. You're going to come back to school. And they're all going to be talking about the top of the mountain. And you girls are going to be like losers. And you're going to say, wish I would have done it. I could have done it. We need to do it. And they're like, no, we're very happy we did half the mountain. We never expected to do this much. And I said you need, to turn, you need to change your psychology. You need to think that we're starting from here. In other words, you're very happy because you started from the bottom and you got halfway. But if you, if you turn your psyche around and say, I'm starting from here and I only have a half a mountain to do, it'll be very easy to do. If you keep looking back at what you did and your accomplishments, then you're going to feel like, I'm happy, I don't need to go any further. But if you feel I have no accomplishments and this is the ground floor, I'm starting from here, it's going to be much easier. And Hashem, it worked. And we made it. And then of course, when I got to the top and they're sitting down and they're eating their Franks and their burgers, they turn around to me and they go, these three girls are like, they're Wallstein, you know, it really wasn't hard. Can we do this again tomorrow? <laughs> Once you make it, right, it's not a big deal. When it's in front of you, it's like a big deal. Once you make it, well, let me tell everyone in this room that that's what life's like, also the Etzahara tells you, you can't do it, it's impossible turn around, you're trying too hard, you slipped you fell anyway, whatever right, that's the, that's, that's the Etzahara, once you, once you beat him, it's like, I can do this every day and you could do this every day so I, th- I think that's a very important psychology, so if you slip, and you, you but you're slipping from a point that you made it right, then you can get back up there and take the next <laughs> Step up is much easier. I, I you know, I do. I, t- I talk about. This. I do a lot of shalom bayis. So, the first thing that I ask when a couple comes to me, and things are really bad and it's like really falling apart, so I'm like, they're married, let's say ten years, right? I'm like, did you have one good year? Did you have two good years? Like when you first got married, did you guys really love each other? Were you really into each other? So the answer is, they're walking from the night of the chuppah. You know, I, I I got myself in this, and I didn't know how to get out. And I, after two weeks of engagement, I wanted to actually I, I never liked her, and she never liked me, and it just, just didn't work. Then I'm like, I can't help you, because I don't have a point of reference. I don't have a point to go back to when things were good. So where am I taking you back to? Let's say I fix it, and I take you back to your chuppah. Your chuppah was miserable. You before your chuppah, before your chuppah was miserable. If I if I don't have place to take you that that you were happy. Then, then, where am I going? I'm like, I, I can't take this case because I can't make you happy now. Start remarrying you now, make you happy. That's a, that's a job that I can't do. Maybe someone could do it. I can't do it. But if they say to me, we were we were so into each other the first two years, but then I had a baby, and then he lost his job, and he said sort I of started working. Then we had a few kids, and, and we just we just we just drew apart. Just you know, we used to be very close. It just it just it's not there anymore. And then I hear a lot. Right? I'm like, but it was once there. I'll get you back there. Then I have a point of reference. Once upon a time, this was good. So if I get you back to the once upon a time, we have a marriage. But if the marriage was never good, have a good day. That's the ladder. That's the ladder. If I made it to the fiftieth wrong, I know I can make it to the fiftieth wrong. So even if I'm the twentieth wrong and I slip, I slip all the way down to the 20th, I know that I've been there. I could do that. I mean, I have, a, I have a kid right now that I'm working with. That that was he was so good. He was he was a pothead, and 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 you know. It's, a, it's such a nevach. There's so many kids on the street today. They have they have so much talent. They, they, there's so much to give the world. They're just potheads. They just they sit all day and they smoke and they smoke and they have no life whatsoever. And they're just escaping and they're escaping to nowhere. And they're escaping to no to no land to nowhere. And it it it, it, it hurts. It hurts. I, I I meet with kids and I'm like, yeah. And none of them are ball players. I've never met a pothead that's a ball player. That's an interesting thing, you know. And I always ask the first thing I ask are you an athlete? They're never an athlete. Why? Because if, if because sports. I mean, sports saved me. There's nothing to talk about. I'm not saying I would have been a pilot, but I, I never smoked. Uh my friends were all smoking, not not pop, but they were smoking cigarettes and, and, and some of them were smoking whatever other things. But I was a hockey player and a basketball player and you uh, and I knew that if I'm gonna smoke when we get on the ice I'm gonna get some I'm gonna get killed because I'm gonna be slow and I'm gonna go into the corner and I'm gonna forget that I'm in the corner and some guy's just gonna swap me like a mosquito. Right? So you have to be when you play hockey you have to be very sharp and, and your reflexes have to be way on. If your reflexes are slow, you're gonna have a broken head. So so and, and, and to do a shift in hockey, if you're smoking, you, you, you can't do a shift. So, so the hockey players, they don't smoke cigarettes. They chew tobacco and spit, spit tobacco, which I would never do, right? But so, so, so that saved my life. I mean, the mice, that's say sports, I have to say, that, that, so there's, there's an adrenaline, and when you play ball, right, there's this competition, and there's a hit in that last shot with two seconds left, every kid's dreaming, right, it used to make noise, and you know, you cheer to yourself as a kid, ah, ah you know, you walk around, people think you're out of your mind, right, but you're, you're having in your mind like, you know, bases loaded, two outs, three two, full count, I'm the guy I have to play, as a kid you're dreaming about it. you know, hit the whole run, of your adrenaline, so if you're an athlete, the competition, and, and the adrenaline, you don't need this garbage. Cause this garbage is not adrenaline. When you smoke pot, you don't get adrenaline. You just, you, you, it's anesthesia. It's like, it's like going to the dentist and, and, and being anesthesia for the rest of your life. You got keeps keep shooting in your mouth, you know, and, you're, and you have that, that, that face that doesn't have any feelings. Right? You're a dull, what are you doing? So, so, so I have this one kid, he's really, really worked so hard, and he was such a pothead, and he was clean for two years, more than two years, maybe three years. And he was mommish clean, and he was great. And his—I don't want to say if he's married or not married, because I don't want to, whatever. His life was <coughs> clear. The world was clear, and he was doing very well, and <sniffs> fell right back. So he was managed to and he was broken because <laughs> he worked so hard. It's like you're on a diet, and you're not, you know—you you love chocolate and you love potato chips, and you don't eat it, and you go out with your friends, and everyone's dressing and stuffing their face, and you're having like cabbage. You know, and some and some salad, and they're drinking beer and Coke, and there's stuffing Frank down their mouth, and you're like, Can I get a bottle of water? You know, and you're sitting there eating a tossed salad with some dried chicken in it, right? And you're doing it, and you're doing it, and you're losing weight, and you're looking good, and everyone's telling you, You look great, you're losing weight, and you feel good, you go up the steps, and you're not breathing hard, and your mama's feeling great about it, and then all of a sudden, you just before you, you go to this kiddish, and you start stuffing your face, and you're like, "I have to get this whole thing." And you fall, and you, and you gain all that weight. So you're so turned off because you worked so hard to get there, right? You're so turned off because because look what I did to myself. And you just get angry, and then you just don't care. And once you don't care, you just gain seventy pounds. It's like right, forget about it, right? I've been through this also. It's not it's not a, it's not a finish. But if you can if, if you have a good coach and you have a good person talking to you, they're like. We know that you know what it means to gain all that weight. But do you remember what it felt like when, when, when they put a, a muffin in front of you or whatever they put in front of you and you said no? And you had that strength and you went home and said, I said no. And you got on the treadmill and you felt good. Do you remember that? If, if you can get that person back into that psyche, he'll go right back up on a diet. So, 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 so going up to a certain level and falling, there's, there's two drachen. When you fall... There, there, there's two things that can happen to you. One, I worked so hard to get to that step and now I fell. Forget it, I'm going all the way down the steps to the bottom. Have a good day. I worked so hard to clean my act up, right, to change myself. And now look, I, work, I don't talk to girls anymore. I don't have Facebook. I threw out my computer. I threw out everything. I have this all the time. Girls turn off their Facebooks. They heard Rabbi Wallstein share, and Sharon, they turn it off. And then they send me back a thing they, that Facebook keeps sending messages to turn it back on. And then their friend said, "If you're not on, you're going to be out of the loop." And we have this whole group. And then, and she goes back on, and she ends up talking to boys. And she ends up falling. And she's like Rabbi Wolstein, "I can't believe it. I'm right back where I started from." And, and for two years, I was off Facebook, and it's a broken. So there's two ways to do it. You can get the the and I climbed so high, I did so much, and I felt so bad, I'm done. That's that's the wrong way. The right way is I climbed so high, how did that feel? How did I feel when I was going up those steps? How much power did I give myself when I made all those decisions? Wow! I want to get back that feeling. I know what it feels like. If you don't know what it feels like, you have a guy that was never clean, and I'm trying to talk him to stop doing drugs. I'm wasting my time. He has no idea. What am I promising him? It, to him, it sounds like torture. You're telling me to get off the one thing that makes me comfortable. Right? And what are you promising me? The promised land. But I was never in the promised land. Right? I was never sober. you promised me me. I don't know that there's a promised land. I don't know there's the next world. you promised me. If I get off drugs, then I'm going to have a job. And I'm going to have a wife. i a whole life. I never had a wife. I never had a job. I don't have a life. I just know this stuff. So, so... That person is very hard to get them off drugs. But a guy that was clean, right? And, 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 and you know, AA. I'm not the big, biggest fan, or not, I'm not whatever. It's AA. But that's the one good thing about it. They, they don't kill you if you fall. You could have one of those badges that you're two years clean, and then all of a sudden you walk in one day and you tell everybody, you know, last night I had a bunch of drinks and I I I, I emptied a bottle and I was very very sick. And they all, they're not they're not going to look at you and say, everyone get up and say, look they won't say that they'll say today's the first day of being clean you know what you know what it's like you were clean for two years you know what it's like to to wake up in the morning and see the real world so so every person has this choice and so many of us we work hard and, and I'm talking to everyone who's watching this tonight and listening you work so hard that's the physical world I'm talking about, I'm talking about the spiritual world you work so hard and you work so hard and you're so good for a year and you're so good for two years and there's guys in this room who know exactly what I'm talking about and you're good for two years and you're good for three years and then you fall and once you fall you say like, you know what, I fell, I'm dirty I'm no good, I've had it, I'm done no, look at the three years, you were good focus on that, you went to shul you went to mikvah. you put on filling, you done it three times a day, it was amazing so what what do you look at your failure look at what you did so then you can zoom up to that spot, right? On the ladder, so to say. And now you can say, okay, I did this already. I put on Phillip. I went to Mikva. I went to David. I stopped looking at girls. I have Shmir saying I am right. I'm here already. So now, like the girls that, that were on Beer Mountain. So now we're starting from here. Don't look down the mountain and say, I did half. Say so now I'm over here. I got here already. This is not something new. I got here already. So now it's the new thing. You need to take the next step. And, and that's the Sulam, and that's what... Even beyond them, everybody goes up and down, and Walsh goes up and down, everybody goes up and down, everybody has to work on themselves, everybody slips, Sadiq deacon slip, regular guys slip. The question is, what do you do when you fall? Do you lay on the floor, then you're a loser. Or do you get up, right? Get up and walk. Everybody falls, everybody slips. The question is, do you stay down or do you get up? And this was a lesson... But Yaakov Levino had to see because Yaakov Levino was going into some really hard, hard times. Coming out of Yeshiva, he was going into some very, very, very hard times. And what happened was that he, he okay, this is just one pshat. There's many, many pshat in here. But you got Yaakov Vishnazai. He woke up and he said, okay, Yeshua Shemba when Gone is in the whole world. Not just 14 years in Aver and learning with Abraham Avinu, but Kesher is in the whole world because. And I told this to the girls, right? Vayira he said, yeah. The whole world is the house of God. So now when you come to you come here to shul and to Davin. so you have and Kabana. you get dressed the same way when you walk out. Hey, that's not sure. You know, I can act any which way I want. Oh no. Oh no. this world is an unbelievable place. It's an unbelievable I have to tell you a story. I just don't want to. The 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 the, the this world that we live in, if we understood what an unbelievable that is based on the kim, that's the house of God, and in the house of God, first of all. You have to live a certain way you're in the house of the... Pa- oh, so you, <clears throat> you woke up, you, we all have to understand that, that when we live in this world, we are in the Beis Salokim. Don't think that outside or anywhere that you are, at work or playing ball, wherever you are, it is always Beis HaLokim. And it's a very scary thing because when you're in Beis HaLokim, you have to act a certain way. You have to be careful with Chilol Hashem. When you're in the king's house, you can't disgrace his house. Right? So the whole world is the Beis Kim is what an awesome place this is not not scary place awesome place that in, in this world we are able to do mid-flows. they are so easy you have no idea I don't like to talk about myself but it's just an interesting story I, I was um, on Sunday so Sunday during the day if you remember the weather it was very very warm and then all of a sudden, when the sun set, like at 4, 5 o'clock, the temperature must have dropped 30 degrees. It, it was freezing. When I, went, when I went to Mincha at 1 o'clock, it was warm. When I went to Meir at 5.30, it was freezing. Everybody was shivering. So in Landau's, there was, I'm sorry, I didn't go to Meir. It was the last Mincha, was, know, quarter to five, whatever it was. 5, 5.45 The last menchah was 5.45 So or 5.30 So I went to the I'm, I'm going into the last mincha, And um, I don't want to miss davening Right? So it's like two minutes before And there's this lady She never She got hit by a car The one that collects outside land She's in two casts She's sitting there And the guy that always sits there is sitting there And they're shaking They're shaking They're shivering Because it just got cold all of a sudden So I, said, I went over to him And I said Can I get you a hot tea? So she says Sure No sugar, no nothing I'm like, okay I looked at him He goes Give me a coffee, sugar, milk, everything. Okay, so I'm like, but I'm gonna miss ashtray for sure, because I have to make a coffee, and I have to make a tea, and I have to take him out, whatever, they're gonna miss ashtray. I'm thinking to myself, so what's the deal, what is God, you know, cause you, what is God thinking over here? While well, think, let them freeze for 15 more minutes, till you finish Mincha, right, and make sure you say Ashray with Dominion, or take care of these two people, and then say Ashray with Dominion, and I'll listen to what you have to say, right? What do you think, guys? Of course, make the tea and the coffee. So I made the tea and the coffee, and of course they thanked me, and they thanked me, and I'm going inside, and I dab in trunk, and I come out, and she's like, thank you, Rabbi. She's a very nice lady. And I'm thinking to myself, what happened the last, like, five so Did I listen to anyone that walked into the daven? You walk by two people who are shivering. You don't offer them tea, you don't ask them do you need a sweater, or whatever it is, and we're all running into daven, and we're all focused on he and Basil Kim Baysalokim. So when, when I was when I was preparing this year, I was like, that's what this is. That's what my hamaker <laughs> is. Everyone thinks that Baysal is is mincha in land now. No! My Mary Hamakama, there's two people freaking outside. It's the same house. The whole place is Baysalokim. You can dive in outside of show by giving them a coffee and a tea. I was, I'm nervous to say that I don't know if all those other minchas since they're sitting there I shouldn't even listen to anybody. You're walking by two people who are shivering and you're praying to me? Stop praying to me. Take care of them. They're freezing. That's what when Jacob woke up. He said, This place is scary. The whole place is a shul. The whole place is a yeshiva. And, and at the same time you can get a mitzvah. So easy to make a tea and a coffee. So it's a big deal to make a tea and a coffee. How long were they sitting out there freezing, without anybody offering them anything? So you have to realize that 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 everywhere is a shul, and, and just like you know the cell phone, which is a big thing in shul. Even though Mr Guru doesn't talk about cell phones going off in shul because there weren't any, but he you know he talks about talking in shul, and I see people talking in shul. Nobody gets crazy. Oh my God! If I forget to turn off my phone and it starts to ring. <laughs> There's no isser no if that says that you're not allowed to have a cell phone go off in shul It disturbs everybody else, but there's the, a fairish is you're not allowed to talk to another person in sure. Nobody goes crazy on that. The guy's talking in the corner, the guys talking at the table. Nobody goes crazy. The cell phone goes crazy. Can you base all camp? It's all the base of the camp. The whole world is the base of camp When you go into a bank and you're on your phone and the person to tell her is waiting there, can I help you? And you're talking, can I help you? until the guy behind you says, excuse me, she's talking to you. Oh it's the same of kim that you're not treating that person that you're on a phone instead of giving her attention. It's the same of kim when you're on a bus and you don't get and you don't get up when there's an old lady that needs to sit down. It's the same of Kim wherever you go. It's all and at the same time it's so easy to do mitzvahs. It's like it's like you're in a garden full of fruit and you can just pick anyone anything you want. Every second you can do a mitzvah. It is so easy in this world. So if you don't do it they have a lot to answer for. So I want to read you Chida. Some of the boys that were here earlier got to, got to hear this. It is mind-boggling Chida. And, and you're going to hear a lot about this Chida. I could never say this, but the Chida says this, and I want to tell you what he says. It says following. So he's in a dream, and Hashem's talking to him. To Yaakov Avinu. And Hashem says to Yaakov, Behold, I am God, the father of Avraham, your father. Now, boys, was was Avraham uh, Yaakov's father? No, it was his grandfather. So why is Hashem calling him his father? Okay, could be grandfather like a father. Okay, but then the passage says, Elokei Avraham avicha, Elokei Yitzchak, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Yitzchak. But Yitzchak was his father. Why doesn't the passage say, Elokei Yitzchak avicha? That's what the Torah should say. Even if you going to say, Okay, Avraham you should say, Well, okay, I'm going to read everyone the Chidah. I never went to Chidah, but for some reason, Shabbat showed it to me this week. And the Chidah says something unbelievable. And I want to read it to you from inside, because people are not going to believe that he says this. Tema! I wonder, Shekarl, Ziknai, Aviv, Hashem in the dream calls his grandfather, his father... La aviv leikarav, but by Yitzkak he doesn't call him his father. it Just says oh, okay. Yitzhak. Nearly it appears to me, l'fishe Yaakov ha'yevachay Avram when Yaakov was living at the same time Avram was living. Shoyay Eisik b'teruv mitzvus, and um, he was learning. He was doing teruv mitzvus. It says also he learned him fifteen hours a day. and Abraham Avinu loved him very much. Ume'rov chima and because Avram Avinu loved him very much, he called him my son. So Avram Avinu, even though he was Yaakov's grandfather, because they had such a good connection and they were learning together, he used to call him my son. Where else do we talk about this? Where else do we see a relationship like this which ends, which ending up bringing Mashiach to the world? By Rus. When she met Boaz, what did Boaz call Rus? BT. My daughter. Over here, Avram Avinu used to call him Beni, my son. Okay. The Kak Liu Hashem said, if Avram Avinu has a relationship with his grandson Yaakov and spends 15 hours a day learning with him, and he calls his grandson my son. So I, in the dream, I'm gonna call Abram his father. What about Yitzhak? But since Yitzchak loved Aes of Russia more. Then Yaakov, lo, Korah, Korah's Baruch lo, Aviv. Hashem said, I'm not calling you his father. Wrote down by Rabbi, Rabbi Ephraim. And he says, there are many reasons that, that, that Abram loved and was very close to Yaakov. Because we know, it says, Yaakov, Abraham, that, that Abram was saved, because Yaakov was coming into the, into the world. Also, this is something I do remember saying a long time ago. Um, Abram Avinu Vinu was the Gilgal of Adam Harishan. And Adam Harishan had three major Abeiros that he needed tikkunim on. Gilear Royais, because of the 130 years he was separated from his wife, um, I think there was Zerol of Atolo. Damim, because Zerol of is considered murdering. Shvikhas Damim. And Avoy Dezara, I believe, because he ate from the Etsadas. So he had these three three big Averas. So each one of the Ovos, this is unbelievable. Each one of the Ovos was did something to be Masakain, to be Masakain of Adam's Aveira. So what did they do? So he says the following. This is not much there. He says the following. Abraham um, was fixed the hate of Avodah Zara. We all know. Ravina went around the world and, and broke all the Avodah Zaras. Yitzchok fixed the aver of Shikas Damin, and Yaakov fixed the avera of Gilead royals How did they do this? So Abraham Avinu was was, was himself skila and strafa which are the two punishments for Avodah Zara. We didn't have skila and strafa He was put in the fire by Nimrod and. Uh, the Major says that because people couldn't bring him to the fire, it was so big, right? So they couldn't get him into the fire. Everyone that worked with him would die. So they had to come up with a way to get Avraham into the fire. So the Sultan came dressed up as a man. And he came up with this idea of a catapult. They would put him in a, in a catapult. And then they would shoot him from very far away into the fire. And that's what they did. So that's that He was thrown. And, 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 uh, and what's it called? And... Shreifa, they were thrown into the fire. So Avram was in the avera of Yitzhak easy. Yitzchak, was the avera of Shvichas Damim, of killing because he himself laid on a table laid on and laid, laid there to get his head chopped off. Right, he gave up his life. He was willing to give up his life, and he put out his neck, so he was makabel hered. Yaakov was the the mitsaking gilai Yes. No, Yaakov Was it through Saking Gilei Royus For Adam What? You can see Gilei Zatari Right, so that's one fact Because Gilei Was also a yoga of, of, of part of Yaakov And part of Adam And he, what, he did fix it But how did Yaakov Robino Fix it? So, so remember this Medrash I told you? Somebody asked me About it today So there's a Medrash He brings down That um, That Eliphaz what happened was that Eliphaz was the, was the which, is, uh, which is also something really beautiful, which I'm going to read you tonight. Um, Eliphaz was Asaph's son. And Eliphaz was, Eliphaz was sent to, um, to kill, to kill Yaakov by his father. And he had learnt with Abram Avinu. Eliphaz is ready with Abram Avinu. And Abram taught him that a person who loses everything and has no money is considered like he's dead. So he said, if you give me all your clothing, all your money and everything that's why he came to love him without anything right He says, if you do that, then um, then then like I'll, I'll go back to my father and say say that you like you're dead. So what happened? He ended up he ended up um, having, no, having having no clothing. Here, I'll read you insight. He says like this: me, me, maybe Me razal, that Shalifa is running the mitzvahs of the Aesop of Harigiz Yakov. It's a very interesting, a very interesting chidah. Listen to this: Shalifa was running to do the mitzvah of his father, Aesop to kill Yakov. The Yakov was chanted Allah. and Yakov begged him, "Take everything that belongs to me, and I'm, I'm considered dead." He knew who Aramamish was of it. He left him totally without any clothing. Right? He said he was as as naked as a baby when it's born so what was, was he going to do walk around without clothing so right there was a river so what did he do um, he went into the water up to his neck so that he would be covered so when he was in the water a, a, a Arab prince came with a horse and he got undressed to walk, to bathe in the water to, to cool himself off. But the current of the water drowned him and he choked. Allah, came out of the water, he put on the fancy clothes of this Arab prince, and he, and he rode away on his horse. And he was very worried that if the, the relatives will think, or well, the Arab think that he drowned him to get his clothing, whatever it was. So he was very worried. Um, and that's when he ran to she, to, to learn in, in uh, in Yeshiva's Abraham for 14 years to hide. So he says, he brings down this magic. So he says that when Yaakov was in that water, he was also in Sakana of drowning, of, 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 choking. So he was willing, willing to, 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 die. He was, he could have died. And therefore he was also Messakane for, um for, for Adam. So Yaakov was actually Messakane Yue Aroyes, and and it's also brought down that he that, that through Fuyat Okay. Now well, listen to this. Um, another very beautiful Psha that I never said before. Very, very pshat. He says like this. Everyone knows the story of kids with the rocks, right? So he um, he gets he gets over there and what does he do? It says, um, right? He took from the stones. And then, when he wakes up, he got to say, he takes the stone. So make up your mind, were they stones uh, or stones? So we all know the measure says he put stones around them to protect them from the animals, and they all became one stone, and he used that stone. Somebody asked Akasha, people go ask the pastor, what, what, what are you doing? What are you making miracles? Why are you taking all twelve stones and making them into one stone? Whatever stone you put his head on, right? Take that stone and make a matseva out of it. Why not Hashem, Hashem doesn't make miracles for no reason? Why did Hashem make this miracle? Why did Hashem make this miracle? Why did So he says, the chidah says that these stones these stones were from the mizbeach that the akeda was on. Now he wanted to put his head on one of the stones not to put his head on the floor. But the halacha is beautiful chidah. The halacha is that you can't you can't use kadash for yourself. It's the Right? But there's a man, the Rabbis that hold that 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 using a stone to sleep on is not me'ilah. You're not getting it's a stone. You're not you're not using the stone. You're not allowed to take the stone and build a house with it. Understand? You can't use that stone to build a house, build a tower, right? But sleeping on a stone doesn't change. You're not change you are not you not using the stone. You're putting your head on a stone. That's not me'ilah. There's a machlokes. So so he had a problem. He didn't know. Right? He didn't know if he could put his head on that stone or he can't put his head on that stone. And the reason there was a big problem was that there were other stones. So even, so even, even if it's a suffix, right, you're not sure if you could use it or not, so use a different stone. Use a different stone. So what HaKarj Rehachou did, he took all the other stones... And he made it into this stone. Now there were no other stones. If there are no other stones, then, then it's not Mi'iwa. If there are other stones, you have to say, you know what, instead of using this, it's Kaddish. Why use a Kaddish stone? Use a regular stone. So what I encourage Baruch do, he took the Suffolk away. And he took all the stones and he made it into one stone. Now there were no other stones. If there are no other stones, he's allowed to use that stone. That's why he was able to use that stone. Shido. That's why he took all the stones and made one. Otherwise, why are you doing that for? He did it, so otherwise he would have been a big shiloh. Once they're all one stone, there are no other stones. Then, for sure, he's allowed to use that stone. Yeah. that's right. Yeah, didn't have a shiloh, and he slept when he when he lied down. He went on to one stone. He went out to yeah, the actual stone. Only after actually, no, four, if it, it, can, did it, for, it became one stone. And the fell no, I don't. Yeah, I, don't know what's the, I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's read it inside. Let's see what it says inside. Gemara Cholin. Isa Gemara says, "But you get my mock on Makom, get to they all became one in one place they each one said I want the Tzadik on my head right now it sounds like what you're saying he took one stone right from the Shemach from Ashkenazi my boy my boy what were they arguing about? What was the fight about them? Why would God make a miracle because a bunch of stones are fighting? So he says the following: In the it says that the stone that he took was the Eman Shesia it was used for the Mizrach that Abraham brought up The how is he allowed to have use of it? How is he allowed to have hanah from it? The Tiritzai Rav, and the, and the Rav answered, how is he allowed to have Hanol? Laying on a rock is not considered the normal way of having hana from it. So therefore, he was allowed to do it. The that he made a, all of them, he made a whole circle to to protect him. Okay. So he says, if, if, if there are other stones, so why do he have to put himself into a suffix or maybe he's not allowed to use this stone? That's something you do for a mitzvah, you can use it for a different mitzvah. This was the argument of the stones. However, the stone that already did kedusha said that the Tzadik should put his head on me because it's not the normal way to get hanaf from a stone it's, you're allowed to and since this stone did other mitzvahs, you're allowed to do other mitzvahs. of the other stones the other stone said since you have other stones to use it's not right to use a stone that, that was used for for kedusha. it's Kedush Yaakov didn't know what to do. Because this was the stone that Yitzchok was brought on as a carver. The first he took one stone. If there were other stones why was he allowed to take this stone that was already used for Kedusha? this was the argument of all the stones so Hashem said I'm going to take care of this argument I'm going to make you all into that Kaddishnikah stone right because Yaakov himself didn't know what to do he had a suffering of what to do here because Rokhul took care of the problem he took all the stones and he made it one stone together with this stone that's what the chidah brings down. So it's, it wasn't a simple makhlik, because I wanted a taliq under my head. Makhlik is the stone that I had. That stone they said, it's true you did a mitzvah already, but but you should put his head on all, on us, because you're kaddish. Why should you use a kadash stone if he has all these other stones that are not kaddish? So Hashem said, now I'm going to take you all, because they all wanted the Taliq to put his head on them. So because they wanted to, a mitzvah, Hashem said, you want a mitzvah? You want to tzalik? And he made it all into one stone. Okay. So that's the Chidafah for tonight. Now, I want to go into something, same idea uh, on, on Kinnas that I was talking about. Um, it talks about, it talks about Eliphaz, listen to this. Okay, he also talks, the two things and then we'll let you go. He talks about a moment in time and, and how important a moment in time is. He says the following. So Yaakov Avinu, he had, he, he had a dream and he saw the Malachim going up and down. Now the Medjish talks about this, in it's brought down that what did he actually see? What were these Malachim that were going up and down? They were the Malachim. Every every um, nation has its own Malach. Esav has a Malach. Babel has a Malach, right? All the different Arab nations have Malachim. Everyone has a Tsar. but had a Tsar, right? So, he, so what he really saw was the Tsar of the, the angel of the different countries that were going up and down. The Greek Empire was big, it fell. The Roman Empire was big, it fell. The Babylonian empire was big, it fell. Nazi Germany was big, it fell. The Spain, Spanish position. Spain was big. All these different Portugal, all these different countries were big, and they all fell. This is what this is what Yaakov saw. So the Medrash says like this: "Shua Shall He saw all the nations that are going to control Klai Yisrael. He saw the angel. How do you say sar in English? The officer? The no, minister. The, minister, the minister. the ministering angel of Babel, It went up seventy steps. then it fell down. Mat Madai Persia. Olachamishu went up fifty-two. Fell down. Yavon, Greeks, Alameo Shmodim, went up 180, fell down. But Shal Edom, Eliba, Eliba, Eniyere. He saw the Edom, Esav, go up, go up, go up, and they weren't coming down. But Asa saw, Nisyere Yaakov, Omar, Yaakov became scared and he said, Asa, who's against me, it doesn't look like he's ever going to come down. God said to him, you, you have nothing to worry about. Afilu hu Listen to this, the Medrash. Afilu hu If Yeshiv would get all the way to the top of the ladder and sit next to me, misham marido. From next to me, I'll throw him down. You have nothing to worry about. Shenema in tegiak andeshu If he if he if he reaches the, the, the level of an eagle, if he goes into the stars, right? Misham From there, I'll take him down. Hashem said." But well, what happened? Rav said, "In the name of Ramayor, <speaking in Hebrew> became very scared, and he said, <speaking in Hebrew> if all of these all these nations went up and they fall down, I'm also going to fall down. I'm very scared to go all the way up to fall down.' i 'Don't worry, if you go up, you'll never come down.' Why, <speaking in> Haman? <Hebrew> Yaakov did not believe it." He didn't go up if you would to listened and believed me, you would never ever go down. Yaakov would be the head of the world forever. The ox but now that you didn't believe in me and you didn't go up four, four? you didn't want to go up Pol four, four that you still go up and go down the Jewish nation is going to be under their ship because you didn't go up we will never understand why Yaakov did not go up it's not something that we can understand but when it comes to us we do understand why we don't believe and we don't go up even, even though we know that we can and we're not willing to go on that ladder and we're not willing to climb why Yaakov didn't do it we don't know but why we don't do it we know and he says he says that every, uh, he brings down that, I just want to show you the story he says here. Yeah? He talks about you know, Ghanedin, but that's not what I want. Um, <coughs> he talks about Adama and, and Hashem here. I'll read to you inside. Um, Adama was created outside of Ghanedin. He so why was he created outside? if he was created on in Ghanaian, he would think the whole world is like Ganadin. So when he saw he was outside, and he saw that the world has has brambles and thorns, and then Hashem brought him into Ghanaian, it, it it made him feel better. But so Adam he took him and with Dvaru totally carnage, and he talked him into going into into um, Gan Eden, right? why he didn't want to go in it's very hard to understand but Lamai saw he didn't want to go in and then of course he got thrown out right in one second he got thrown out had he gone in right away he said he would have never gotten thrown out but he goes on he says the following he says he can learn this lesson from a train he says the train is the train is an amazing thing in in, 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 in in the train travels in a few minutes you travel so far and you and you reach your point or a plane right calls but the only way you get to your point she got to his mind that you were there on time when the plane when the train or the plane left but if you came late even one second and then it's not there anymore so, so he, he's saying something unbelievable here he's saying that everything in life has a certain time and when that door opens up for you when that thought in your mind comes to change it's a moment and if you don't grab that moment later on you're like okay okay now I'll do it the train left you compares it to a train it's great if you're there and, the plane, um, and you get on the train the train gets you on the plane you're in Israel in 10 hours but it's happened to me where I got there as they're closing the gate and I'm like can you reopen the gate? And they're like, no, the, with the plane pulled away from, no, you, we can't, we can't help you. It, two minutes before that, a guy got on the plane, and ten hours later, he's in, in, in Israel. Me? I'm stuck in New York. What's the difference? The plane traveled just as fast, same pilot, same everything. The difference is, I missed the opening. I missed that moment. And he says, Yaakov missed the moment at this point, when he was dreaming in the ladder, and Hashem said, go up the ladder, and he was scared, and he missed that moment? He never got that moment again says to a person, in life, we have certain moments when we want to do something and we say, ah! Not today. i will do it tomorrow. If the, if, if the plane left today, and, you want and you'll want and you do it tomorrow, the plane's not there tomorrow. You missed it. I can't tell you when I opened up for a knob how many people, six months later, who were successful, said to me, I had the same idea. Yes. You had the same idea. You had that moment. Right? When someone came to you and said, it's a good idea, and you didn't open it. You know? I have a lot of ideas also. I want to open a, a girl's uh, rehab. I have a lot of ideas. I didn't, I, I didn't jump on it I didn't jump on it guess what someone's doing it and it ain't me everything in life has a moment and the same thing happened to Moshe Rabbeinu Moshe Rabbeinu also lost the moment Moshe Rabbeinu when Hashem when he was by the snare it was burning and Hashem said look at me and he turned away later on he asked Hashem can I see your face Hashem said you had your moment you could have seen my face in the snare I asked you to look at me you didn't look at me you will never see me again there are moments. There are moments. And you have that moment, and if you don't grab that moment, it doesn't come back. It doesn't come back. This is what happened by Yaakov Avinu. He didn't grab that moment. Okay, so it's a, that's a very big lesson. So I want to end with this. And he says the following. Unbelievable. He talks about... Okay, he talks about a lot of different moments, but I'm, I don't have time to go through them all. But I, I just want to tell you what he, what he, he says about, with, with the Lefas. So he says the following. He says that if Avramovinu would not have, I have to read it from inside, it's important to read it from inside, because he, he talks about throwing kids out of yeshiva. I, I got to read it inside. No, you got to hear this, you got to hear this, it's amazing. This is Rabbi Galinsky. Rabbi Galinsky is a maggid in, um, in Eretz Estral. And he just came out with all these forum on, on the Pashir. I used to go to his shir, and he comes here to America. Now he's not feeling well, he doesn't come. You have to hear this, but he writes about kids. Okay, first of all, listen to this story. Listen to the story, boys. When the Germans were um, when they captured Poland, so the Germans were on one side and the and the Russians were on the other side. So all the Jews uh, ended up in Vilna. He says, and he this is Rabbi Galinsky. Okay, I think he's in his nineties. He wanted to see Rav Chaim Ozer. Chaim Ozer was the Governor hador. So, um, Rav Chizkiyoh Yosef Meshkovsky, whatever, was um, was getting people to get into to go to Rav Chaim to get a bracha. He said, "I want you to know, he's writing on himself now that I didn't sleep a whole night and I sat and I learned the sefet Because when you go to Hashiva to get a bracha, you're always scared he's going to ask you what you're learning, and when you tell him what you're learning, he's going to ask you questions on your learning. So Rav Galitsky was very worried that is going to ask him what's he learning. So, he, so he, he was learning Yuvamas. So he said, I, I, I just memorized, memorized. He remembered the first Mishnah backwards and forwards because he was scared he was going to ask them. Anyway, he says there were 30 people waiting in front of him and everybody had their problem, whatever it is. Anyway, finally he came to his turn and he came and he's standing in front of Rav Chaim Oizer. Okay? He's standing in front of Rav Chaim Oizer and he's like, he knows that the first question he's going to ask him is... What are you learning? And the second question is going to be, What chidush do you have? What do you, what do you have something new? And the third one is going to be, What other chidushim do you have? Okay? So, he walks in, And the first question he says, When was the last time you got a letter from your parents? Was is his first question. He said, A half a year, I haven't been able to, I didn't get any letters, Because they're stuck on the, on the Russian side. He said, Okay. The second question he says, um, do you have a blanket? He said he didn't ask him if he if he has a place to sleep. He says because we all didn't have a place to sleep, we all slept on the benches in the base in the base medrish, But you could it was too cold to sleep without a blanket. If you didn't have a blanket, you, his first question was, when "Was the last time you heard from your parents?" His second question was, "Do you have a blanket?" And he said the third question was, "Can I see your shoes?" Efsulir Shalir says no left. He said I was embarrassed, but I didn't have a choice. So I pulled up my pants, my pants legs, and uh, he um, he saw that they were totally, the whole top, the whole front was open, right? So right away he gave me money to buy a pair of shoes. And he said, Kan Beischa, be mama, my house is open to you for 24 hours, anytime you want, you can come here he said instead of being laughing and being happy I began to cry I realize who I'm standing in front of he didn't ask me questions about the Mishnah in Eliniano, he asked me about my tzaris, about my pain what I'm going through he said that's a goggle, that's a goggle in Israel. that's one story the other story, which I feel is very, very important, is about this kid who they wanted to throw out of Yeshiva. I definitely, definitely marked it off. Ah, oh, listen to this. This is amazing. He says the following. So we see over here that a of Vinu... Right, taught Eliphaz that if a, a poor person is considered dead so he says the following okay. why, why was he empty handed because he took everything away so he says like this okay um no the kach hitsul Yitzchak and Yaakov were Kol Am No, I'm sorry. What's the dvar of binu? It was Yitzchak who taught Alifas. The kach hitsul Yitzchak Actually, Yitzchak saved Yaakov from dying. Hitsul is Kol Am He saved the whole Am Yisrael. But if she got the Alifas, the chekel shay Yitzchak, because Yitzchak Alifas was was brought up in the chekel, is in the armpit of the, the the embrace of of Yitzchak. He says, children, boys, he says this, boys come to me crying, they threw them out of yeshiva, they sent them home. Why did they throw them out? He ain't them because they're not learning. They're making trouble. Right? So they're throwing them to the street. He says, He says, they're willing to throw them into the ocean or put them at the, on the lay them on the rails in front of the train. If, if they're not rooting anybody else, wouldn't it be good to bring up this eliphaz? Eliphaz was a Russia, right? But Yitzhak kept him, he kept him close, right? So he says that the chazonias said, a yeshiva that throws out a boy, who's weak in his spirituality and his learning, they are like a hospital who send very sick patients home to die in the house he says the person who sends a kid home is like a hospital sending a sick person to die so, but, but what's his point? And his point here is unbelievable. His point here is, Eliphaz was very bad. Eliphaz did terrible habeas. He was, uh, whatever. Eliphaz was bad. And from Eliphaz, who came from Eliphaz? Amalek That's who came from Eliphaz. He was very, very bad. Well, Yitzhak kept him and taught him, and taught him this halacha. That, that, that if a poor, a poor person is considered dead. Had he not taught him this halacha, Yitzhak, Eliphaz would have killed Yaakov. Now your question to me is as follows. And I always had this question, and Baruch Hashem, I found this answer, and with this we're going to end. question is as follows. Hold on a second. Eliphaz learned by Yitzchak, right? So Eliphaz learned, right? Eliphaz learned that an onyid chosh of And when Eliphaz came to Yaakov, he said to Yaakov, I have to kill you. And Yaakov said, why? And Eliphaz says, kibraveim. Didn't the Lefaz learn that if your father tells you to do an avera, you don't do it? So what was the Lefaz thinking? If he learned by Yitzchak, and he already learned that an only chashos temei, he surely learned you can't kill somebody because your father tells you to kill you. Because there's no killing of anyone when your father tells you to do an avera. So what was this kid thinking? Why did Yaakov Avino have to... It's an unbelievable question. And I've heard this for years and I never had an answer. Why did Yaakov Avinu come to him and say... Oh, your father told you to kill me. But if you take away all my clothing and everything, I'm Kashem kemes. Yachim should have said, Eliphaz, our luck is, you're not allowed to listen to your father. You're not allowed to kill me. What do you go to a hope shot? It's a fantastic question, right? So he says the answer. He says, because who was Eliphaz's father? Esau. What was Esau's mitzvah? The one mitzvah that he kept, the Medjah says, better than any, anyone that ever lived. Kibut of aim. So to Eliphaz, the most imp- Kibut, uh, honoring your parents. To Eliphaz, the most important mitzvah and the only mitzvah that his father taught him was Kivit of Aim. And if his father told him to kill someone, he has to kill him. Because that was his father's mitzvah. So Yaakov Avinu knew I'm not going to be able to talk him out of Kivit of Aim. No way am I going to tell him that I'm not very well, you're not a chai of Kivit of Aim. He won't listen. I have to figure out a way how he's Makaya and of the AIM without killing me. The only way, the only way that he could do that is by taking away all my, all my money. And who taught him that, taking away all the money, was Yitzhak Avinu. Yitzhak Avinu took a bad boy, and he gave him time, and he gave him love, and he gave him Tyra, and he left him Tyra. In the end, that bad boy ended up saving Yaakov. Because really you should have killed him. That boy ended up saving Akro and sending, and saving the whole Paisra. So. How careful we have to be how we treat our children. And what the Chidot says is the scariest thing in the world. <laughs> the kid that, the person in the boy's life that, that gives him love and gives him care and calls that boy in his class, Beni, my son, in Shamayim, that's what Gajbarahu calls his father.